0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Good afternoon. You are listening to Calvary Live, and this is Pastor Nate Morris. I'm filling in today. It's been a little while, but it's good to be uh, back with you on the air. I'm Pastor Nate Morris of Calvary Chapel, Vail Valley, uh, in the mountains of Colorado hosting the program today and would love to uh... pray with you today if you have a prayer request would love to talk to you about your questions uh, about the bible uh... or if you have questions about god or jesus or christianity or maybe you have a question about um, a group that you've heard of and you're not sure if they're actually a christian group or a cult um, or a, a practical living question would love to talk with you about those you can call us today at 303-690-3000, once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, if you'd like to text us, that phone number is 720-336-0897. And uh, at our church this past week, uh, you know, we've been going through the book of Philippians, but we are in Philippians chapter 4, and um, in verse 4, actually, this past week, looking at where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice. And, you know, many of us know that verse from a song that uses that verse that maybe we grew up with, or you've heard the verse, verse before, you know, Rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. And it's kind of a comforting thought, but but you might not have ever thought about it this way, that it's actually a command for us to rejoice in the Lord. One of the commands that we're given is to rejoice, to take joy uh, in Jesus and in who he is and in what he's done for us, um, that we should, whatever our situation in life, you know, Paul, when he wrote the letter to the Philippians, was in prison and he thought he was going to die. He was headed for death in his own mind. And he wrote the, the the book of joy, the book of Philippians, and tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And so uh, we talked about the, this past Sunday at Calvary Vale about how delight is our duty. You know, as believers in Jesus Christ, it is our duty to delight in the Lord and joy is our job. It's our job to take joy in Jesus. And you know, what a great... Great, great, great God we serve, that He would give us the duty of delight and that He would give us as a job to be joyful. I can't think of a better job than that, to take delight in the Lord, uh, for joy to be our job. Um, When we rejoice in the Lord, we find uh, strength, we find uh, the ability to stand in the face of incredible trial, we find all kinds of, of good things come into our life because we're we're obeying that command that we've been given to rejoice in the Lord. All right. Uh, once again, if you'd like to call us with a question today, you can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720- three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. My name is Pastor Nate Morris. I'm filling in for Pastor Eric today and uh, would love to talk with you. would love to pray with you about anything you've got going on. And we have uh, three open lines right now, which is fairly rare um, throughout the show. And so if you've been had a question that's just been kind of sitting in the back of your mind, uh, now is a great time to call in you're very likely to get through. Uh, Maybe you've called before and haven't been able to get through, um, got a busy signal or or your question kinda got put on hold for a while and didn't get to ask it. Uh, Now's a great time to call and would love to talk with you about whatever questions you may have. And you're listening to Calvary Live and we are broadcasting here in Colorado um, on the Front Range, from Colorado Springs up through Fort Collins into um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. We're also broadcasting on Hope FM, um, just all over uh, the U.S. This, this show keeps expanding. What a great blessing it is to be able to, to enter into new markets um, and reach more people. And so I uh, would love to take your calls today. Once again, you can call us at 303-690-3000. That number, once again, is 303 303- or you can text 720-336-0897, once again the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. Now, I, um, I'm a part of a, a mailing list on my email that comes from gotquestions.org. Now, if you've listened to this uh, this show for any length of time, you might have heard reference to gotquestions.org. It's a Christian website that just really their goal is to, to answer your questions about the Bible, much the same as the goal of this show is. Um, and so you can go on there and you can type in a question and find one. But the, every week they send out an email with... Um, a question of the week, and so the question that they had this week is: How can heaven be perfect if all our loved ones are not there? How can heaven be perfect if all our loved ones are not there? And you know, uh, it, it's interesting. You know, it's an interesting question. You know, when we think about uh, eternity and we think about heaven, we think about hell, we think about the reality of both of those things. And the idea of someone that we love not being in heaven in our minds makes it not perfect. But see, the idea of perfection is really the idea of wholeness, uh, of being complete. And so when we think about, you know, wanting our loved ones there, of course we want them there. And in fact, we know that God wants them there. It says that he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance uh, and so God doesn't want anybody to miss out on that, but we know from scripture that some will. There are many who will miss out on heaven. And so how is it perfect apart from those people? Well, you know, when when we get to heaven, um, our perspective is going to change. You know, our limited earthly perspective is going to be replaced by Um, God's holy, heavenly perspective. And so when we're there, it says that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There's going to be no more death or mourning or crying. The old order of things has passed away. And so uh, even the thought of our loved ones not being there um, for those who have not accepted Christ, um, for us, it's going to be something that's totally different. We're not going to have that. It's going to be part of the old order of things. Um, All things are going to be created new, and it'll be perfect peace and hope and life, and um, we'll remember the former things no more. And so uh, if you've ever wondered about that question, once again, if you're interested in that, that website is gotquestions.org. They have lots of great resources on there. So it looks like the lines are starting to fill up. Um, We do still have one line open as well as the text line. You can call us today at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to text is 720-336-0897. And uh, I'd like to go to Justin on line one. Justin, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing all right, brother. Um, <clears throat> I have a question concerning uh, pornography addiction and, and just the vicious grasp it has on so many in the church, it seems, today. Um, yeah. And just, like, what are your thoughts on, number one, like, how, how it affects the church, um, how... Work to operate, how it cripples us, um, especially in leadership, it seems so much these days, and also so that's number one uh, number two how how can a person experience lasting freedom and and triumph over this um, this sin which is is just plaguing the church today and our culture
3: yeah. That's um, a great question, Justin. I, I really appreciate you calling in with that question. And, you know, pornography is um, it is an epidemic, not only in the church, but, I mean, definitely in the church. I mean, it is in the world. The world might not view it as an epidemic, but it is. Uh, but certainly within the church, and part of the problem is is that we all carry around um, the gateway to pornography in our pockets every single day. And it's, sure. we're, we're only a click away from um, things that we should not be engaged in and seeing. And Absolutely. so, you know, um, it, it, we know that there's a problem. I don't think anybody would say that there's not a problem. I think the question, kind of your question, comes back to the, what's the solution. And, you know, I, I'll speak from my own personal experience. Um, you know, I've been married for uh, going on 16 years now and um a couple of years after we got married you know b- this was before i was involved in ministry and the lord called me to be a pastor uh i f- kind of you know got got caught up in pornography and i was addicted to pornography um and this is this is part of you know my testimony and what the lord's done in my life and and my wife and i in our marriage we've talked about this um at marriage conferences and things um but you know uh, this is something that that caused great problems in my life. Obviously, great problems in my marriage with, with my wife. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was a huge deal, and I hid it for a long time, and then um, and then you know came out with it and had to deal with the effects of that. And it was it was a really 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 hard season in my life and in our marriage at that time. Um, but I will tell you that God completely and utterly. Uh, delivered me from that. Great and um, And I can tell, and, and I've said this many times to many people that have come to me saying, I cannot stop, I cannot stop, I cannot stop, I can't get out of it. Uh, I, I can say with 100% confidence, having been there, that God can and does deliver from this, this uh, addiction. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and off, so often th- the problem is, is that we are... Part of us wants that deliverance and part of us doesn't, and we, we, mm. we don't let go of the part that doesn't. It's um, the
2: Roman seven
3: battle between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, what I came to realize, the, the thing that kind of helped me dealing with a, a, addiction, and it wasn't just pornography for me, I, I had addiction issues in general. And so this, this really applies for um, those who may be listening who are struggling with drug addiction or an addiction to cigarettes, or alcohol, or addiction to your phone. I mean, addiction in general, we, we battle in that Romans 7 place where it's like, I'm not doing the things that I want to do. In fact, I'm doing the things I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do. And, you know, ultimately, Paul in Romans 7 comes to this place of saying, who will deliver me from this body of death, right? I mean, he's just, who's going to mm. deliver me? Yeah. And Here's the thing that that ultimately I think many people miss about Romans 7, um, is that Romans 7 was not Paul's current state that he was writing about when he wrote the book of Romans. Um, Mm. See, so often people read the book of Romans, and we read Romans 7, it's like, man, I identify with that. That's how I feel, you know. (laughs) I feel like, whoa, who's going (laughs) to deliver me, you know. But Paul is describing a process that you start at the beginning of Romans 7, and you go through it. And it ends in Romans 8. And the problem is, is, if we just take Romans 7, we miss out on the glorious freedom that we find in wow. Romans chapter 8. And uh, I actually had just kind of a moment where I really, um, it, it, it was, uh, I had a, a kind of an awakening moment reading that whole section of scripture through Romans 7 and 8 identifying with Romans 7, but then coming to uh, Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1, but then some of the other verses. In Romans 8, 1, for our listeners, says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so he's contrasting what his experience was in Romans 7 of being a a believer that knew the law and couldn't fulfill it. Um, A believer that on his own was unable to to break free of the sin that, that was wrapping him up, but then goes into Romans 8 and contrasts that with life walking by the Holy Spirit in freedom that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so um, as believers, positionally, we've already been set free from our addictions or whatever it is, pornography, whatever. We have to grab hold of that freedom. Um, and he goes on, you know, one of the things that really spoke to me during that time was uh, Romans 8, verse 12 and 13. And the, the, the way that it spoke to me was in the New Living Translation. So I'll read it out of that. But this is what it says in Romans eight, twelve, 12 uh, in the, the New Living Translation. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And that was, for me, that was, I felt obligated. You know, I felt like I could not stop doing what my sinful nature was urging me to do. But the word was saying, hey, you're not obligated to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. In fact, it goes on into verse 13 and says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Um, And that was really, really was what, how god completely changed my life was was this kind of eye-opening awakening moment realizing that 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 old me the roman 7 me um was nailed on the cross with jesus christ mm-hmm. i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live but it's not me but christ lives in me and it's it's walking by the spirit um just as it says in galatians we walk by the spirit and we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And so um, uh, it sounds oversimplified. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll admit it. It sounds oversimplified, Justin, but, but the key to overcoming pornography, addiction, or the key to overcoming any addiction, really, alcoholism or uh, drugs or whatever, is to start by walking in the spirit because you can't stop doing the stuff that you used to do until you start walking in the spirit. And he gives us the, 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 ability to do that um so that was a very long answer to your question but <laughs> hopefully that was That's good, man. helpful for someone out there so
2: yeah so in other words it's a a simplified version of what you're saying is it's uh it's less about w- turning f- what you're turning from and yeah. more about what like who you're turning to as uh it says in second timothy two twenty two to flee the youthful lust and pursue righteousness—they're um, one and the same concept and idea.
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, but the, I think the key comes into not not trying to to walk in our own righteousness, and that's that's really that's that's that Romans seven person. You know what I mean? When we're trying to to walk in our own righteousness, when we're trying to be righteous on our own. Uh, is when we fall on our face and it it, it 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 the key is walking by faith in Jesus and walking in the power of the holy spirit in our life um, because we couldn't we couldn't be good enough on our own to get ourselves saved in the first place you know um and so we have to remember that we're not good enough on our own oh, now that amen. we're saved either you know
2: yeah and i think a big part of what you're what you said is really 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 amazingly key like i've noticed it in my own life personally is that when when there's sin that's like concealed proverbs is so true it says in proverbs i think 28 i want to say um that he who conceals his transgressions won't prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy Mm -hmm. and so it's when we bring it to the light and and we're open with it and we're not acting as if you know, we're, we're better than we are in our own self-righteousness, like you were uh, alluding to, that, that we can actually then walk in freedom and power right. in, in the power of the Spirit to do the things He set before us.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, one of the things that I think happens specifically with pornography um, as, as an addiction is that there's an element of fear, Oh, that goes along with it, um, you know. It, it, it's a different. It, it, there's the, the fear that goes along with it. Is is the fear of for those who are married? Well, what if my spouse finds out? Um, for the what 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 if my pastor finds out that this is something I'm struggling with? Or what if mm. you know my my small group member finds out? Uh, and so we don't often confess those things because there's a fear factor that goes into it. It's what are they going to think of me? Um, and those are valid concerns, but the reality is, the alternative is much worse. What mm-hmm. if I don't get help, and a year from now it, it escalates into something much worse and much bigger? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, um, destructive. That's really where the, in my mind, the bigger fear would be. And the reality is that this has, this is an issue that touches so many people that the likelihood of of, con- of confessing or, or confiding in somebody that hasn't dealt with this personally is very low um, honestly so so I, I think that it's really important that we bring these things out to the light um, so that we can yeah. receive that healing from Christ in it so and you know I'm a testimony right up front that you know it for those who are maybe listening who are worried about what it's going to do to their marriage if they talk to their wife or their spouse about, their pornography addiction, uh, I, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie to you, but I will tell you that God can completely and 100% bring healing and restoration in that. And so, um, you know, don't don't walk in that fear, but in faith that God will honor um, your faithfulness to him in that. Amen, brother. That's good. Praise Jesus. Awesome. Well, Justin, thank you for your call. And uh, let's just take a second. I, I just want to pray for, for, for all of those who are, who are wrapped up in this, it is truly an epidemic in and outside Mm -hmm. of the church. So Lord, we just come before you and, um, this problem Lord that, that has, you know, obviously, um, sexual issues have plagued mankind since the fall. Um, but we know today with the modern technology that this pornography thing is an epidemic Lord, and it's, it's wrecking homes and it's ruining lives and it's, derailing uh, amazing men and women of God who would otherwise be used greatly by you, Lord. Uh, And we know that there's grace and there's mercy and there's healing and there's a future in all of these things, Lord, but we just pray right now, um, first and foremost, for anybody listening that's dealing with this, Lord, pray for your uh, deliverance, um, for your healing, Um, Mm -hmm. pray for the courage to bring those things out to the light so that they can be dealt with, Lord, and uh, we pray for your church, Lord. Would you purify your church uh, mm-hmm. with regard to this issue? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, brother. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for your call. answering that question. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good day. You
2: too. God bless you.
3: All right. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your calls and your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000. Or you can text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, you can call three zero three six nine zero three thousand or text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And I'd like to go to Bill on line two. Bill, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, Pastor Nate. Thank you for taking my call. God bless
3: you, man. Yeah. What can we do for you today?
4: Uh, well, I've got this. I've had this for last in the last few days, I've had this ongoing discussion with some people regarding one side saying that you know angels share, you know, have glory or share in the glory of God, and I've taken the position that God shares no, does not share His glory. All the glory goes to God. You know, pointing towards the end of the uh, the model prayer. You know, yours is the the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, and you know what's what what lucifer did with wanting the glory for himself and what happened to him and some of that you know how john bowed down to the angels in revelation and he was told not to do that and things like that i just wanted to kind of get your viewpoint on what you say with regard to you know angels do they or don't they share god's glory and in what ways do they or don't you know if they do in what ways do they share it
3: can you uh, let me know a little bit more of the context of what they're what the, these people oh yeah are. yeah well,
4: yeah, there was they were some, um it was on some ad that we had seen where they were selling some little model angels like say like Saint Michael, you know my, um the you know the archangel and Gabriel mm-hmm. and a couple others that I hadn't heard of Raphael and Uriel like from, I guess from the Catholic Bible or something. But okay. anyway, they were selling these little idols, you know that you could buy, you know, to put in yeah. your desk around or I don't know what you do with them. But right, um, other than the fact that it's be idolatry, I went into the fact that the angels don't get. Glory. I'm not very exactly what started that that aspect of it, but we that that we went off on the tangent on on them taking glory from God or not having glory at all.
3: Yeah. Okay. So so, so kind of sounds like they were approaching it from the from maybe the the more Catholic perspective of uh, either praying to or worshiping saints or angels and some of those things. Is that kind of some
4: the, of that? Yeah. Some of that came up too, but there was more than one perspective, but that was definitely in there.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, I would say that I 100% agree with you. Um, in Isaiah chapter 42, verse eight, and it says, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory. I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. And, um, God does not share his glory with another one. That that's exactly why Lucifer, uh, Satan fell as an angel. And right. because he want, he wanted the glory of God, and so um, no, God does not share His glory with another. And angels are not to be worshipped; they're not to be prayed to; um, they're not to be sought after. Angels are, are amazing beings, absolutely, absolutely, and and God uses them for great things. But but an angel itself, if you were to to see one, would say, "Hey, don't no no don't fall down and worship me. Worship God," you know. Um, yeah. And we see that throughout the scriptures. And so, yeah, you're right on track with that. And that verse, I said, again, is Isaiah 42, verse 8. Isaiah 42, verse
4: 8.
2: Yeah, that makes it black and white right there. (laughs)
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So hopefully that's helpful. If you have that conversation, just refer back to Isaiah 42, uh, verse 8. So.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Yeah, no problem. Not at all. And uh, thank you for your call.
4: Right on. God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye.
3: All right. Bye. All right, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. We've got just a couple minutes before the break, but I want to go ahead and get to line three, Dustin on line three. Dustin, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How's everything today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? No,
5: not too bad. Not too bad. The weather's uh, pretty good out here. Thank God. <laughs> good, good. Uh, um, uh, in uh, in Revelations, when the uh, the um, the New Kingdom comes, and when we uh are living on Earth and have animals with us, why isn't there no more of a sea with like uh, whales and dolphins and such? And is that because that uh, Satan came up through the sea and then God shuts it off.
3: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um and you know the the the, langu- the the idea behind the sea, uh specifically with regards to old testament uh and really the, the general thought at that time um was the sea was a a place of of darkness and evil. Um and we're coming up on the break, so if I get cut off, we'll just kinda get back to it after the break here in a second. But it was it was a place of it represented darkness. It represented uh evil. It represented um death really in a sense. And so the idea of no sea means hey, there's not gonna be any of that stuff that 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 is dark and, and it's gonna be perfect light, perfect uh perfection. Um, and so th- that's kind of the general idea. Now, when you get into the specifics of will we have that, um, we'll get into that in just a minute. So let's hold on uh, for me, Dustin, just for a few minutes till after the break. And sure. we'll start talking about that again. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. Hang on with us. Just a couple minutes.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: All right, welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your questions today. You can call us if you have a question at 303-690-3000. Once again, if you have a question or a prayer request, we'd love to talk to you at 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, that phone number to text is 720-336-0897. And uh, we've got Dustin from Maryland on the line uh, and had a question about why there's no sea uh, on the New Earth when you look in Revelation. And does that mean that there's not going to be the 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 sea animals that we think of? You know, think of whales and dolphins and, and all of those things. Um, and Dustin, are you still with us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so, you know, we really... Um, we don't know for sure, I, I, I think, whether this is a literal or a symbolic interpretation when it's talking about the, the the new earth not having a sea. Now, um, I, I tend to, to view more of a literal interpretation of most of scripture, but there are certainly things that are very clearly... Um, very clearly symbolic. This is one that it's a little bit muddy and totally unclear about whether it's symbolic or very literal. And so the the new heavens and the new earth, uh, really having no sea to a Jewish reader or or an ancient uh, Near East reader, they would hear that and they would say, okay, so there's no th- th- there's really no evil in this place. Now um, for us, we hear the sea and you know we think of the the, the nice. Niceness of standing by the beach, you know. Uh, we think of you know, uh, shamu and, and the killer whales and the dolphins, and right? The beauty that comes from the sea. So, we have a different picture. It's like, why would we have no sea now? Whether the new earth will have you know, an actual uh, ocean or not, we don't really know. Um, You know, it's going to, we're going to be, we, as a matter of fact, are going to be different than we are. You know, it says that we don't, we don't yet know what we're going to be. Paul said, it's not been revealed to us yet. Uh, But, you know, when that day comes, we're going to see clearly, we're going to see uh, him face to face. And so um, the idea really is that um, there's not, he does
5: say that we're going to have a river of living water,
3: you know, by, you know, a stream and whatnot, but right. Yeah, yeah. There will be there will be the 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 water the in the river, and you know, um, I, I on that whole interpretation of that, I have a hard time knowing whether that's a literal translation that there is no sea, or whether that's a figurative, um, you know, speaking of the idea of evil. There, I tend to lean towards that. But really, I think that the new heavens and the new earth are going to be vastly different than what we conceive as heaven and earth now. And so maybe there will be no sea because it's something completely different that we don't understand, you know. Um, but Yeah, I, do I know thought
5: maybe because Satan came up through the bottomless pit through the sea and out of it, maybe God shuts it up forevermore,
3: you know. So, you know, I thought maybe that was one of the reasons, you know. You mean just uh, in the end when when he's released and comes up? um, Right. Okay, yeah, I haven't actually heard of or thought of that as being the sea that he comes out of, but I guess that kind of makes sense. But there's the beast that comes out of the ocean, you know, and all of that. So um, that's definitely the picture that an ancient near, Near East person would have. They think of the ocean and they think of danger. They think of... Um, the sea serpents coming up and and snatching, you know, sailors or crushing ships, or they, the, you know, Paul himself was shipwrecked. Uh, if you count count the one that happened after he wrote it, he's shipwrecked four times. Um, right, man. For the for them, the sea was a dangerous, deadly place, and so um, I, I really get the idea that the picture is really more um, portraying to us how amazing and good that, uh, that, that heaven will be, there will be no more death, no more crying, no more mourning or pain. Uh, the ultimate new earth and new heaven will be a, a, an amazing, wonderful place. And so, um, whether or not there's a literal sea there, I, I, I look forward to finding that out personally. <laughs> right,
5: right. I, I would, I would think that, you know, these poor whales and dolphins, you know, uh, wouldn't exist anymore. You know, I mean, you do have all the animals of the earth, you know, but uh, as far as the sea goes, you know, it's a different story.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a good question, though. Thank you for, uh, for calling in with that. And, you know, that's, that's one of those ones that I look forward to uh, knowing fully, as it says. We'll know fully as we are fully known. So uh, I look forward to finding that one out. Okay, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, and you have a good day. Yeah, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Alright, you're listening to Calvary Live, and if you have a question or a prayer request that you'd like to call us with, you can call 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Sharia. On line one, Sharia, welcome to the program.
1: Hi. Um. Hey, uh, how are you doing?
3: <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing?
1: Doing real good. Um, I have a question for you. So, I currently lead a Bible study on um, mm-hmm. just a small one of a few girls, and me and another girl were talking to a girl who's interested in joining, which she did join, which is exciting. But um, at the time we were talking about, she's like, "Well, how did all these humans get on Earth? Was it like just..." a bunch of incest and I was like valid question and I was like well I express my understanding and this is what I'm calling about so I was like well Adam and Eve you know they had children and I was like and on top of that one-third of the angels were sent down to earth and I believe that they were the Nephilim and they were taking the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve and like reproducing with them and that's kind of why God was like, I want to send a great plot. Like, so I'm kind of just trying to make sure, like, my understanding is accurate. Because then another, the girl that I was with, that I was sharing with, she was like, no, it's kind of figurative. Like, Adam and Eve were all, like, a whole bunch of people. And, like, it was just a figure of speech. And that's, like, you know, it's not to be taken literal. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of i've never heard that before, so I wanted to call and just get a little bit of background information on that
3: yeah absolutely that 's a great question so um, so I think everything that you said to your friend falls within a, a biblical um, worldview. Um, you know i I think the uh, the, the whether or not um, the Nephilim were a, a, a breed of angels and humans, we really don 't know that i know right. i know people within the the Calvary Chapel circles that I would, you know, call brothers that fall on either side of that issue. And that's one of those that I think we just, it's, it's not clear enough that we can understand. So some people think that it's just men um, and some people think that it was angels. Uh, either way, we know that God brought judgment on the world. But uh, to answer your friend's question, you know, uh, how did we get so many people and it, was it a bunch of incest? We do know that it was uh, what we would today call incest um, to, mm-hmm. to populate. You know, I mean, uh, even after the flood, when Noah and his family were there, there was just uh, Noah and his wife and their sons and their sons' wives. So that out of that right. group of people came everybody that's alive today. But what we have to remember is the reason that that incest is something that is disgusting to us today is because. Of the really it's because of the health issues that come along with that um, and and obviously there's other weird you know just the weirdness social issues that come along with it, but the reason mm-hmm. that it's socially it's become socially unacceptable over time is because of the the reality that when when you take two people that are similarly genetically uh, and you have children as a result of that, you have serious health issues um, right. But the reason that we have health issues today and they would not have had health issues in in Noah's day uh, or in Adam and Eve's day is because the gene pool has become uh, incredibly watered down uh, over over the millennia. And, um, you know, Adam and Eve were the were the perfect model of humanity. And so they had perfect genes. And so uh, there were no, you know, issues to spring up there. Um, and even you know at at noah 's day when it was his family, that group of people were they they still lived a, a very long time right up till before the flood, right So there was people living right. nine nine hundred years and whatnot. Uh, noah and his family were still very close to that perfect genetic model, and so um, the, the the interbreeding there between those family members. That produced the vast uh, complexity of humanity that we have now was was not uh, it was not a health issue then because they mm-hmm. had close to that initial gene pool, but as, as the gene pool is watered down, obviously it 's become an issue so um, right so that's kind of explains that side of things. The other friend that you mentioned that said Adam and Eve would be s- symbolic and um, I, I definitely disagree with that point of view I think. Right. Um, there, I know that there are uh, people that hold to that, and but I, mm-hmm. even from those who hold what's called a theistic evolution standpoint, which is I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in the six-day literal creation um, from Genesis as it reads. But even for those right. who are theistic evolutionists, most of them believe in a literal Adam and Eve. Um, so that's a pretty, mm-hmm. that's a pretty. It's not a very uh, widely held view that they would be symbolic. Uh, when you yeah. read through genesis it 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 doesn't read like a book of symbolism like you might read in revelation it reads it reads like a historical document and it's written in the historical uh manner that documents in that day would have been written in a to be history so um so from the biblical standpoint
1: like i was just like i get what you're saying but i think that she might have been coming like trying to put science into the mix of it and that's where she came up with her answer, because I guess it just sounds more reasonable inside her head, but I was like, "Uh, I took everything in Genesis pretty literal. Like, do you think Moses, like, you know, like, then it starts to wonder, like, how much do you question of it, you know? So, I I was just like, I don't know. I don't want to lead them down the wrong path, but that's what the Bible says.
3: Yeah, I I would just, uh, I would point towards just reading the scriptures and taking it for Mm -hmm. what it says. That's really what I kind of, I mean, the, 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 and generally speaking, the plainest understanding of what the scripture says is what it means. And so right. um I think that's how we have to 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 view it. Um and you know, there there are I, I know of people that are, you know, kind of fall into that old earth or theistic evolution standpoint that I, I just don't believe had has any biblical merit. Um and right. I think they're just they're trying to compromise with modern science, but missing um they're missing the uh, they're, they're missing the faith element of trusting in God and even the the scientific evidence that's out there. If you're interested in learning more about uh, the, the science behind um, the the young earth and six day creation, there's some great resources at uh, a website called Icr.org ICR, it's Institute for Creation Research so ICR.org uh, okay. talks a lot about that and they have several people um, that are, uh, that have doctorates from, from, you know, high level, um, you know, Ivy league universities, even that, that are creation scientists. Um, so, Mm -hmm. and and they kind of explain some of those things if, if that's kind of somewhere where you'd like to, to study a little bit more. So.
1: Thank you. And then if it's possible, can you just pray for like my leadership skills? Just like that I continue to be like a leader and do God's will. And like, don't lead any of my girls astray.
3: It's very important. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's come before the Lord together. Okay. Lord, I just lift up Sharia to you, and um, thank you that she's been willing to step up, Lord, and to lead, and that you've given her this uh, opportunity to to lead this group of girls to. Um, share your truth with them, Lord, to bring discipleship into their lives, Lord. And so I pray that you would uh, equip her by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would give her wisdom and discernment uh, as it appears that you have given her, Lord. It sounds like like you've given her clear wisdom and clear uh, direction in some of these issues already. Uh, I pray that you would just give her confidence in in you and in your spirit, Lord, uh, as she leads this group and that they would uh, receive her leadership as well, Lord. And so we just pray your blessing upon this group and that you would uh, use it for great things in the lives of these ladies, Lord. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. I'll pray for you too, Pastor. Thanks.
3: Thank you. Thanks.
1: All right. Have a great day.
3: Yeah, you too. All right, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris taking your questions today. You can call us at 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000, or you can text 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Sharon on line two. Sharon, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, Pastor Morris. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you?
6: All right. Um, Boy, there's just so much subject matter to think about. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, I'm the type of person, I want to reach out to people who are, you know, very logical-minded, such as myself. I like to see things. I have to see proof. I need logic. I need this, that, and the other. You know, I'm fairly well-read. With a lot of things. However, unfortunately, not so much with the Bible. Um, I've gone through a ton of chaos in my life uh, ever since a child, from being a child to becoming a young woman, child, teenager, young woman, middle aged woman, and now an older woman. And I've, you know, I wasn't raised a Christian, so I didn't have a lot of background in it. We went to, you know, Easter Sunday service. You know, my shoes were always pinching, and we colored a bunch of strange old men in robes in the Sunday school while the adults, you know, were in the church. That's basically my background. But as I got older, I was very interested in all types of Um, religion—Buddhism, Hinduism. You know, I'm a child of the 60s. Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, and I was interested in everything. I wanted to know about all different religions and i did find a common thread the common thread being compassion um and different things like that but uh you know i wanted to reach out to logical-minded uh people because something really i don't even know how to put it probably one a supernatural uh type of feeling is when i uh, i got very mad at god because the, you know, threads of depression, chaos, troubles, um, abuse, you name it. It just was un- unending. Um I would go through everything. Um I'm, I'm a very, you know, I'm a conscientious good citizen and good person and all of that. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm getting, I got tired. I got weary. And one day I just. You know, and, and through my years, I had an idea of God, my God, uh, which was kind of, yes, there's a supreme being, yes, all of everything on earth fits together, um, and there's goodness, just like there's light and dark, good and evil, there's, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be towards the good. However, I got angry with God, and... I did. I, I never really much prayed through my life, and if I did, it wasn't to win the lottery, it wasn't for God to come pay my bills, it wasn't mm-hmm. to get a better job and all of that. I kind of thought, you know, I need to help myself to do all that. But when I got super weary, I would, you know, pray to, quote-unquote, God. Um, I got very angry uh, about two years ago, and I remember pretty fervently praying uh, to God, saying, you know, basically, I'm mad. I don't understand what I've done. I've tried to be a good person. Uh, no, I did not go to church every Sunday, and I didn't for the reason being, you know, like a lot of people say, you know, you go to church and you see hypocritical people and, you know, this, that, and the other. I started listening, uh, I ran across on the radio uh, to the pastors, and in the plain talk, that people, uh, that pastors now try to explain it to everyone,
3: mm-hmm.
6: um, I became very intrigued. Yeah. That's how I came to know the Bible. And for two years, I basically could, you know, every time I was in my car, I wanted to listen, you know, to these, yeah. these different stories about the Bible, how they very much relate to everyday life, which I never knew. Like I said, Absolutely. I'm very logical. Yeah. And the rejection of science, uh, you know, we've learned a lot since ancient times. You know, yeah. our scientists are not always wrong. We have scientists, biologists, you name it. They have discovered many facts that don't logically fit with the Bible. However, um, all of that being known to me, um, I could not believe how much Uh, These stories, Once you can't have faith in something until you understand it. If you don't understand it, and that's the beauty of radio where, like, what you're doing, you are explaining it on very clear terms. You know, people pick up a Bible, people such as myself, who might be interested, they get disinterested very quickly. You're reading a lot of these and the owls and this and that it doesn't seem to make sense. That's all back from ancient times. We're in a totally different ball game now. But when a pastor on the radio explains it like you do, that's where people start getting interested. That's where I started getting interested a couple of years ago. That's awesome. So if we could fast-forward to me going, you know, and getting actually angry with God. You know, I'm a good person. I've been a good mother in the past. I've been a good wife. I'm good to my family. You know, I'm responsible. I work hard, you know, and I'm weary and I'm tired, and I could never find any peace of mind. I began praying, God, I am, I am pissed off. I'm not happy. I need peace of mind, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I kept doing that on and off. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. But for some reason, I started feeling calmer, a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. And I never understood the term, give it to God. I didn't understand that. I'm going yeah. through chaos every day. It's been going on and on for decades. Give it to God. What are they talking about? What am I going to give God my you know, bad job, my bad boss, my this, my that? You know, How do you give it to God? I had no idea what that concept even meant, but I came to the end of my rope with some family problems that were going on and whatnot after praying to God and after listening to the pastors for a couple of years and applying things in the Bible to our everyday life, yeah, I began to realize what that meant. You let it go, in other words, you do every absolute thing you can, and then... You just sit back and do whatever, you know, whatever you've done. Sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes you do have to let it go. And at Mm -hmm. that point, you just ask God and you pray to God to help those people understand who are into some bad things and, you know, all these different things. That's what you do. And once I started doing that, I could not believe the difference in my anxiety level The difference in how I felt inside, it was the strangest feeling. There's a country song out there, and it says, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what that meant. Great song, but I'm like, what does it mean, Jesus, take the wheel? I don't understand that. But there was a day that I prayed uh, months ago, and I said, God, I'm going to let you guide this. You have the right path for whatever I'm going to end up on. Yeah. I may not like it. I haven't liked it all along. I have not liked it all along, the roads that I've gone down uh, with all the trouble. I really haven't, and I never knew why. Um, but when I realized that even the bad is a part of it all, yeah, it really truly is, Because once I started praying to God like that, saying, look, I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm going to have to come to the realization, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to say, I've done the best I can, I'm going to continue the best I can, and whatever happens, I'm not going to be anxious (laughs) over it, because I know something might be right around the corner. All of a sudden, I couldn't even believe that I was thinking that way. Oh, now I'm thinking like a Christian, one of those crazy Christians? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, but guess what happened? It started happening. Yeah. I was less anxious, um, and the more I felt less anxious, the more I calmed down in my whole life, better things started happening in the mundane material world for me. Yeah. And uh it was just it was just the oddest feeling. I thought that's God's grace. That's strange.
3: Yeah, I haven't well, been
6: blessed with that.
3: you know, that's, But once um,
6: it started happening, I couldn't believe it. It's like a landslide. It's like, uh, it's amazing. It yeah. truly is. And um, I you just know, think that maybe all of these years that led to this, guess what? I'm a very logical person saying it was worth it. For what yeah. I'm feeling now, it was worth it. And all yeah. those years I prayed to a God, mm-hmm. not the God, right. um, I actually ended up with, guess what, peace of mind. And right. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of, you know, whatever bad is going to happen, bring it on, I'm ready.
3: That's yeah.
6: the worst that can happen to most people. Oh, you're going to die. Guess what? I believe that light's going to be there afterwards. And I truly, truly believe that. And I believe, you know. And I started looking into what, what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Trinity? Uh, Jesus dying on the cross, you know, yeah. because it was just a very confusing book, huge book, telling us about this. But who picks right. that up? Not many people. So thank you so much for being a part of being on the radio. And we all like to listen to rock and country and anything but half the time. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I cannot believe this has happened to me. And it's not something that's going to be shaky. I know that. It's doing nothing but building strength. And if something bad happens to me again, some horrific event, I'm going to be calmer through it. So in the long run, guess what? God did give me peace of mind. It's amazing. Truly, it is. Yeah. And yes. with your last caller or the one before, somebody, uh, Dustin, who is talking about, you know, the the sea and, and the different things. You know, I have a question for you because I started a folder, believe it or not. I got a thousand questions. I'm still dawning on all of this. It's only been new for me for the last couple of years. Yeah. So I started a folder to put down all kinds of questions, but I do have one. Sure. Because I am a logical person still. That's just the way I am. Mm -hmm. And I know they have all these people nowadays who can come back to life because medical science has advanced that much to shock people back to life. Mm -hmm. They are doing the same thing, and they are seeing the same things. The light, the tunnel, the total joy. And then somebody says, go back. Maybe a loved one that passed before them. And they're right. sucked back into their body. That's happening more nowadays than it ever did. It started yeah. with the Egyptians who actually. Hey, Sharon. Could?
3: Hey, Sharon. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm going to have you pause just for a second because we're going to we're going to get cut off in about one minute. Um, on okay. The, the show the show actually cut us off, and I don't want you to think that I hung up on you. So um, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I do want to let you know that um, you know absolutely. I, I mean, Paul the apostle, if you look in the New Testament, was one of those who for all that we know he says that he uh, he believes that he passed and went to 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 heaven and was brought back There you go. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, and
6: Guess what? I would encourage so you share
3: Oh, yeah, go ahead. And read Philippians 4 uh, 6 through 9 and it details exactly what you were talking about. But uh, for the rest of our our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Have a great night. God bless and thanks for listening to Calvary Live.